0: In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I greet you all in the sweet and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to do something a little different today. I want to honor a few people who are in our congregation, and if you are above 60, if you are above 60, I would like you to stand on your feet, please. If you are above 60. Pastor Knee. Is Pastor Knee around? Pastor Knee. Okay. Praise the Lord. I want you to look at these people very carefully. Look around them. God has been gracious to them. God has been gracious to them. He has blessed them. I want you to just turn your Bibles to Psalm 28. I was asking the Lord, Lord, do you want to do it? Because I'm a a stubborn person. I'd like you to confirm your word before I do anything. And last night, it was a confirmation that I got. And I said, thank you, Lord, for that. And I will do that and I will obey you. If you look at Psalm 28, and if you look at verses 6 to 9 quickly, Psalm 28, verses 6 to 9, it says, Blessed be the Lord, because He has heard the voice of my supplication... The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song I will praise Him. Look at verse 8. The Lord is their strength and He is the saving refuge of His anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. We are going to pray, and as I call Pastor Nee, to come and pray for them. We are going to pray that God will strengthen them. God will watch over them. You know, it's a blessing to see people still serving God even after this age. Many of us don't have that privilege to see parents. And I want those whose parents are in the Lord, you can, as Pastor Nee prays, you will thank God for your parents and those whose parents are not in the Lord this is your time you're going to lift them up and you're going to say god have mercy upon my parents have mercy upon my parents
1: let's lift up let's rise on our feet as we, we just lift up these people into the hands of the lord let's lift them up let's use the brethren within our midst as the point of contact that as their days are so shall their strength be nothing shall fill them this one we go far in the name of jesus Let's lift them up into the hands of the Lord. The Lord will exalt their horn like the horn of the unicorn. Strength shall not fill them. The Lord shall be their son and their sheed. Yes, 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 no evil shall befall these ones. In the mighty name of Jesus, lift up your voice and begin to appreciate God for the, his faithfulness upon the life of these ones, that their service shall be acceptable before God in the name of jesus this Amen. year shall be a year Amen. of grace and glory Amen. upon the life of his brethren yes, in lord. the name of jesus they shall Amen. be like the tree planted by the rivers of water Amen. that Amen. bring forth its fruits yes. the bible says even in old age yes. you shall be far and flourishing yes. let's Amen. lift them up into the hands of the lord Amen. let's cover them with the blood of jesus you, let's God. keep them in the name of the lord you, the bible God. says it is a strong power that the righteous run into and they are saved these ones are saved in the name of Jesus. Brethren, lift them up into the hands of the Lord. Father, Strength shall Father, not fail you. you. You shall not Father, fall. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says, "Let like the weak say I am strong. Let like the weak say I am strong. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. Yes, God. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for the gift of life. We celebrate and rejoice before you this afternoon. We thank you for what you are doing in our lives. Thank you for what you are doing in our time. Thank you, mighty God, for what your hand is making happen. Thank you for this brethren that you have distinguished. Thank you for keeping them. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for prospering them. Thank you for bringing them even before Your presence. We are not visiting them in the hospital, neither are we queuing up in their apartment, but we are celebrating Your grace upon their lives. Father, this year, Lord God, You will keep them. We will rejoice with them. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord God, we will celebrate them.
0: Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: I bless them in their bodies. Yes, Lord. Lord. God, you will exalt them like you will exalt their horn like the horn of the unicorn. Yes, this year they will behold wondrous things. Yes, this year they shall be faithful like never before. Amen. No evil report concerning you. Yes, Brethren, will you shout it wondrous amen?
0: Amen. I
1: said no evil report concerning you. Amen. In the name of Jesus.
0: Amen.
1: Oh, the seed that the Lord has given you. I said the hand of the Lord will rest upon them. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Nothing shall fail you.
0: Yes, you shall yes. not fall. Amen. Accident
1: is far away from you. Amen. Everywhere you turn, it shall be favored.
0: Amen. In
1: the name of Jesus. Amen. I cover you in the name of Jesus. I cover you by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Every evil that targeted at you shall not get at you amen you are arrows in the hand of the lord amen you are the apple of the eyes of the lord amen in the name of jesus Amen. and as many that i hear sounding a rejoicing amen lord god you will bless them too
0: amen
1: lord you will increase us in age amen None of us here today shall die this Amen. year. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the testimonies you are giving us. You will multiply your grace and your peace upon our lives. Amen. In the precious name of Jesus.
0: Amen. Thank you
1: for the answered prayers. Mm. So shall it be, my dear God. Even as we've made up our mind that this year, Lord God, we will serve you. Yes, Lord. You will take sickness away from the midst
0: of us. Yes, Master.
1: You will bless bless our bread and our butter. Yes, Lord. You will bless our waters in the name of Jesus. Amen. None of us, Lord God, shall cast our young. Yes. No barrenness in our midst, Lord. Thank you, Daddy. In the precious name of Jesus.
0: Thank you, Daddy.
1: Thank you, precious Lord. In Jesus' mighty name
0: we have prayed. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let us turn our Bibles to 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 1 to 13. 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 1 to 13.
2: And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said it is enough now lord take my life for i am no better than my father's then as he lay and su- and slept under a broom tree suddenly an angel touched him and said to him arise and eat then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water so he ate and drank and lay down again And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind
0: Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of this word. Let us bow our heads. Father God, we ask you to bring your word, Lord God, into life in the lives of all those who are here. Father, we pray for everybody who is here right now. We pray that you will speak to us, not just to be hearers, but to be doers, Lord God. Father, I surrender each and every one into your hands, Lord God. Father, I pray that you will remove every slumbering spirit from our midst, every disturbing spirit from our midst, and let your holy presence take control, Lord God. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the year 2010, there were two messages that I gave. In May, I spoke about how to deal with discouragement in our lives and in the month of uh, august i spoke on how to deal with delays in our life and if you look at a christian when we are waiting for something and we're looking forward for something and when we we voice our opinion and our prayer to god and when we find that there is delays automatically when we see that the delays are taking time we go into a time of discouragement And when discouragement produces and goes a little further, we find, we get into the place, and that's the topic of my message, how to deal with depression. If delays are not dealt speedily, we go into discouragement. And if discouragement is not dealt immediately, we go into a time of depression. So the title of my message Sister, how to deal with depression. Many people have a wrong concept that Christians don't get depressed. A popular speaker asked around 100,000 Christians across the United States. He asked this question, is there anyone who has never, ever been depressed? And the answer, through all his sessions, not a single person answered and said yes. Do Christians get depressed? is a question and the answer is you cannot go back sister keep it there the answer is of course Christians do get depressed they do and there are several types of depression if you look I just want to touch a little bit uh, on certain types you find unmarried people like I told earlier do get depressed when they do not get married in the right time they wait for the partner finding their partner not coming to the side they've been praying about it they see the delay they get discouraged and then they go to a time of depression on one such incident i remember that uh, in 2006 while i was in the hospital after my operation i was lying down in bed with a lot of pain and suddenly a nurse runs into my ward and she says tell me about him and i wondered, tell you about who she said tell me about him I said, Sister, I don't know what you're talking about. All I know, I'm suffering with pain here.
2: She said, everyone's
0: talking that you're talking about this man, Jesus. I want to hear about him. I said, oh, about him? Come, sit down. We spoke about the Lord. From 9 to 11, she heard the word, and then she says, I want to give my life to Jesus. I said, praise God, we prayed. And then she looked at me, and she said, Anna, that means brother, I need to share something with you. She said, I was just finishing work, and somebody told me about you, that never said about you, that there is a man in the hospital talking about Christ. She said, I was ready to end my life tonight because I was cheated by a man. And I decided it's enough. I've been cheated. I'm going to commit suicide. But I thought, let me give this man of God who they were talking about one chance before I could go and commit suicide this night. And she said, I thank God that I came. I know Jesus. I happened to speak to this lady during my vacation. Now she's married, having a child, and serving the Lord faithfully. Hallelujah. That's the type of depression people go, and when they go to that, most of them commit suicide, and you have been hearing in the news and hearing people telling you, depression, 90% not dealt with, people run to suicide. Then we got married people. They go to a time of depression. After marriage, they think, I married the wrong man. I married the wrong woman. Oh, Lord, I wish this person never came into my life. They go to a time of depression. A wife will be sleeping very nicely. She must be dreaming of a honeymoon. And this man said, oh, I wish she can just disappear from here. I've had enough with her. a time of depression. I'll give you another incident. 2000, December 24th. A man... ...whose wife passed away... ...and he was so desperate to get married again... ...and he was looking for a woman... ...and he found a woman... ...he found another man's woman... ...he got married to her... ...lived with her... ...and then he found... ...he was worse than hell... ...she started torturing him... ...and he could not take it any more longer... ...she stopped him talking to her son... ...and then he found... ...I was better off being alone... He could not take it anymore. On 24th December 2000, he went on top of a bridge and jumped over the bridge into a river and committed suicide because he could not take the depression any more longer. And these are just small stories. There are lots, And this is getting into the church. If not dealt with, if not dealt quickly, we'll find ourselves doing drastic things. Then you've got husband and wife have married, not getting children, wife goes into a time of depression and blames the poor man. Then you've got workers because they're not getting promoted in the office. Comes and complains to the wife, wife tortures him, that man goes into a depression because he has been waiting, no promotion. Then you've got bosses. How many bosses have you heard? Their business going into a loss, going to a time of depression, leading into suicide. So all along if you look, Everywhere, depression makes people do drastic things. But the type of depression that the rest of us suffer or go through is what the psalmist says, O my soul, why art thou downcast within me? History is littered with people who have battled depression all their life. Some of God's mightiest heroes have struggled depression in dark and desperate times in the book of numbers chapter 11 verse 15 yes my sister we find moses here is a man who's leading the children of israel out of egypt he gets so depressed that he cries out god i wish you would kill me i cannot bear carrying these people any more longer all that they do is grumble And they say, how good the food is in Egypt. Please, just kill me. Here's a mighty man who goes through a time of depression. Then we look at another prophet, Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 20, verses 17 to 18, we find Jeremiah was not able to take it. You'll find that this prophet was depressed over the response of the people towards him as a representative of God. And he says, this is what he says why did i ever come out of my of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame here's the prophet a mighty prophet he even thinks why was i ever born and now we see the other side of depression we see a prophet in the book of jonah chapter 4 verses 3 yeah it's very surprising to see this prophet very strangely enough is depressed Because his revival meeting was a great success. This man, he gets depressed because this meeting, which he didn't want to happen, he never wanted to do it, and it was a great success, and he gets depressed, and he thinks, why did God give this Assyrians a second chance? God is not acting the way that I want. How many of us tell that when we look at unsaved people, let them go to hell? As long as I am going to heaven, And look at the cry what this man says. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Sometimes we get so frustrated with our parents, you know. I wish God takes them up soon. They are torturing me. Making hell for me and my wife. The more we look and the more we realize that depression is no respecter of person. But the worst case of all depression, we are going to look, is of the life of Elijah. From God's word, we find that his depression seemed to be the mother of all depression. And that's what, a great and a mighty man, we see, how did he handle it? He was a prophet. This man was a prophet, highly regarded in the times of Jesus' days. And he was supposed to be one of the greatest prophets and yet no man in history could have possibly served God with greater integrity with more difficult situation than what Elijah was serving God he was totally loyal but from our passage that we read this afternoon we find that even this prophet was terribly depressed the, let us look at the background of this passage that we read Elijah served as a spokesman for God to the nation of Israel for three years. We know that. During those three years, we see tremendous progress that Elijah made, that he made this nation turn from idol worship to serving the true and the living God. Elijah now was at the pinnacle of his prophetic career. He was at the pinnacle of it, and yet there was one person in the nation who was not impressed with Elijah one person, that person is Jezebel. Jezebel was the queen of Israel at that time and she was a wicked woman, as wicked as the king. There was no king more wicked than King Ahab. Jezebel did not like Elijah because Elijah had influence over the nation. Don't you see people in your office like that? Because when they see you have influence, they will begin to hate you immediately following the tremendous miracle performed by god through elijah we see that the report is now brought by king hahab to jezebel let us turn now to verse one keep your bibles open we'll be going through verse by verse verse one now have told jezebel everything that elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword then in verse 2, it tells that Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods, she's not meaning, meaning Jehovah. She's talking about her gods because it's with a small g. May the gods deal with me, be it so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. What she was saying to Elijah, Elijah, your life is not worth 100 byza for me. She was upset because... Elijah was moving in the spirit. Great things were happening. And all she did was to threaten him. Now I want you to get the picture. Here is Elijah who was fearless for three years. Threatened by one woman. Becoming frightened. And he flees. One woman. And you will find many women in that in your lives. Beware of them. I'm not asking you, don't look at the sister next to you, please. I'm not talking about them, please. Notice, now turn to verse 3 and 4. Look at verse 3 and 4. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. If you notice the songs we sang today, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Elijah was afraid, he ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went on a day's journey into the desert. There were many reasons why Elijah could have left his servant. Maybe he was afraid. His servant might go back and tell the queen. Maybe. Or he would have felt, why should I take this man along with me? I'm going to die. Why should he die along with me? Let him go back. There were many reasons why Elijah left his servant there. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he he might die. I have enough, Lord, he says. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Elijah was the prime candidate for depression. He was physically tired and emotionally exhausted. Many of us, many preachers, when they talk about this great man, they look down upon him. And not only about Elijah, but many men of God. They, they look down and they don't look at the, at the picture right. If you look, Elijah was truly tired. What happened in Mount Carmel, we've seen that here was Elijah challenging the 400 prophets. It's not a joke. Imagine one of us tomorrow morning wake up and you are challenged by the, uh, the priest of some nation. And they say, come, let us see whose God. Is it your God or is it our God? And they bring 400 prophets to stand before you. And I'm sure the first thing I will say, I call Pastor Abraham and Pastor Augustine, 400 prophets are coming against us. Please book my ticket. Take my wife via Dubai. I will go via this way. You know what? I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to lose my children. It's their life. God gave them to me. We will do all this. So I want you to get the picture. Here is this man who went through this ordeal. Having this. I have to confront 400 prophets. Not only that. Here is this man. I'm sure would have prayed. Would have fasted and waited upon the Lord. Now. That's one. Number two. When when the prophets of Baal were uh, uh, executed, we find Elijah tucking his cloak and running before the king. And what? He ran for 17 miles. Are we able to run for 17 miles, any one of us? Maybe we need a chariot to pull us. But here he ran ahead of the king. I want you to get this picture. Elijah running ahead of the king. Then the chariot. And then we see the presence of God who is coming on the clouds because there was rain coming behind them. God's presence was with Elijah as he ran. Elijah, now the question is, why did Elijah become depressed? Why did Elijah become depressed? Yes, sister. Elijah became depressed because he played four mental games that we all play in critical times. We all do it. Let us not blame Elijah Elijah became depressed because there were four games that he played. Number one, A, he focused on his feelings rather than the fact. Elijah focused on his feelings rather than the fact. When we are depressed, one of the things we do wrong is to focus on our feelings rather than the fact. Elijah was a tremendous prophet. He was coming from a tremendous victory serving God. But because of one incident, he felt like a failure and he started to run. There are some of you here today. You are moving with your emotions. Some of you feel that you are not in love with your wife anymore like how you were in love with them the day you got married. Some are feeling maybe your husband or your wife doesn't love you the way that they loved you when they got married. You feel like that. Remember the word I'm using. You feel like that. You feel love has grown cold. Who said love is feeling? The Bible certainly doesn't say that love is a feeling. The Bible says that love is a commitment. Even though I am not loved, I will love. Didn't Christ love us that way? While we were sinners, while we hated him, he loved us. There are some of you here today, you don't feel close to God any more longer. You think that God is far away, but the Bible says that your closeness does not depend upon how you feel. It is based on the fact that you are a child of God and that God has promised to always be with you. And when you focus on feelings and not on facts, you find yourself in trouble. Elijah began to feel that he was a failure because one woman did not approve of what he was doing. One mistake, one person not proving what you do does not make you to be a failure, my brother or sister. It does not make you to be a failure if one of the people in your office who thinks that you are not right. The Bible says that to not to get in touch with your feelings, but to get in touch with the truth. The truth is that God loves you. The truth is that God gave His Son for you. The Bible says get in touch with the truth and what the truth will do. Amen. If you get in touch with your feelings, what feelings will do will depress you. You see that? Truth will set you free. Feeling will make you depressed. Some of you have come to this worship service today. You are depressed. You might be having a smiling face. You might be shaking the hands of somebody. You feel hopeless. You feel, I am nothing. Yet, you want to come out of it and you are not able. You feel that God is far away from you. And you start telling, maybe he is angry with me. You start thinking, maybe God is angry with me because I do not feel his presence. Don't go by feeling, my brother. Go by truth. Go to John 3.16 and see what the word of God says. Number two, Elijah started comparing himself to others. He started comparing himself to others. Listen to Elijah's word in verse 4. Let us look at verse 4. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. I have had enough, Lord. Many people say, I wish I could be like so and so. And then everything will be okay for me. We want to be like somebody else and think that everything is going to be okay. When you start comparing yourself to others, you are asking for trouble, my brothers and sisters. Do not compare yourself to others. The Bible tells us not to do that because God has made each and every one of us different. There is only one person that you could be, and that is yourself. If you are trying to be something that you are not, you are setting yourself to be a failure and that will lead to depression. When I go to heaven, God is not going to ask me why you were not like Billy Graham. God is not going to ask you why you were not like Elijah. All that God is going to say, Claudie, why didn't you be yourself? Why weren't you yourself? Were you not satisfied with what I did for you and what I molded you and made you? God wants you to be yourself because that's what he wants you to be. Can your eyes say to your ears, I want to be the ear anymore. It's enough. Can your little finger say, I want to be the legs. You will say, be what you are made to be. And that's what I want to tell you, each and every one of you today. God has made you in a unique way. Become what He wants you to become. Number three, we blame ourselves for negative events that are not our fault. We blame ourselves for negative events that are not our fault. Look at verse number 10. Turn to verse 10. He replied, I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. He is saying, Lord, I have worked in the last drop of sweat, and these people are not getting closer to you. I've tried everything, God. These people are not getting closer to you. In his depression, Elijah blamed himself for the nation to change. He took the lack of response. Personally, we all do that sometimes. We say, maybe I could have done this different. We say, I, maybe I could have done it better. When we assume responsibilities that are not intended for us to carry, we become depressed. Why? Simply because that burden that the Lord has never intended for you to carry. God has never intended you to carry that burden. So do not try to take something that is not for you to carry. Anytime you try to help somebody, you will sooner or later realize that those people necessarily do not respond to the way you want them to. Understand that. It might be a spouse. It might be your children. It might be somebody working at your office. It might be a stranger. People always do not respond to the way you want them to respond. Listen, you cannot assume responsibilities for somebody else's response. God has given that responsibility to that person to have a free will. It's the duty of that person to choose. If you try to carry that person's load and someone else's and yours, you will find yourself depressed. Yes, you can influence people, but you cannot force them to choose what you choose. Please, do not try to make people the way you, the, the way you preach. Do not want people to live the way you live. You might be living a way. Live that way. Let them see it. If it's good, they take it. If it's not, leave them alone. Let them live the life God has called them to live. My fourth point. We exaggerate the negative. That's what Elijah did. Elijah exaggerated on the negative. Look at verse 10 again. He replied, I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. He says, now what he says, I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. Many times we exaggerate on the negative. He believed that everyone was against him and no one cared about him. Don't we think like that way? Some of us think, that everybody in the church is against me. Why? Because somebody said that they are not in favor of what idea you have given. Maybe you are in a ministry, you gave an idea, and one of the brothers or sisters says, I think that's not a good idea. Immediately you go into a thing. Oh, maybe they don't like me. Maybe nobody in this choir, maybe nobody in this ushering team loves me anymore or cares for me. Then somebody says, nobody loves me, you know that? I was sick one week in hospital. Nobody in the church came to see me. How bad these members are. Let pastor's wife get sick. The whole church will be there. And look at me. One week and nobody came. Then you got another group. Nobody in this church cares about me. You say, nobody cares. Look at this cell leader one month never came to visit me. What type of cell leader? And that man lifts his hand and he worships God. One month never visited me, I was sick. But we fail to realize that some leader is just like us. He has a family. Maybe that man comes at 7 o'clock from work. You come at 4 o'clock. That man has got two children to take for tuition. He's got to pick up his wife. He picks up one child, brings her home, goes and picks up the wife, brings her home, runs back for the second child, brings her home. Then she says, go get the food and comes. This man has to run for the food. He comes back, He is exhausted. And then you say, come and visit me. He never came. Bad, sir leader. I don't like him anymore. And then you start, Lord, remove that a leader, please, in Jesus' name. Bring me an anointed man. That man may not come for two months then. We have to be careful. Let us be careful. Then we got the last group. If I quit, they won't even know that I was in the church. Because you think you are the only holy dawat in the church. And everyone else are pagans. If I go, they won't care about me. You ask pastor, he won't know I left the church. That's another group. So we go into these groups and we start looking at it in different ways. The fact is that no one was against him. Only one person was against him and she had no power over him because his God was with him. Amen? That's what you should think. I have my God for me. Who can be against me? If Elijah had thought about it, instead of following his feelings, he could have realized that there was Jezebel who could not kill him. If you look at verse 2, you'll find that Jezebel only sent a messenger to tell him that she is going to kill him. If Jezebel really wanted to uh, kill Elijah, she would have sent a hitman like you or me to finish Elijah. But she never did that. You know, we are very, very, very good at killing people, you know. We take the stung, pull it, we kill somebody. That poor person dies. We don't need guns. I don't need an AK-47 to kill you. I will take your name and slander it, finish. You can't lift your head and walk after that. We are very good in killing and assassinating people. She let him get away to the desert because she knew if this man ran away, he will be a cover to his people. And she, she said, in my language they say, poochie kamikaran. That means he's showing, she's trying to frighten him. You know when you frighten people, they get frightened, they run. Elijah did not stop to think simply because he was depressed and he exaggerated on the negative. And when we are depressed, everything around us looks bad. No matter if it's good, it will look bad. Number two, what was God's remedy? To Elijah's depression. My second point. What was God's remedy? We seen why did Elijah be depressed. Now we are looking at what was God's remedy for Elijah's depression. Number one. He took care of his physical need. God took care of Elijah's physical need. Verse 5 and 8. If you look at verse 5 to 8. Then he laid him down. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there his head was was a cake of bread baked over hot coal and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord uh, came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days, 40 nights. God's remedy for Elijah's depression began, number one, with rest. Write that down. It began with rest. Number two, it went on to giving food. Number three, it went on to restoration. God did three things. He said, buddy, sleep. Wake up, eat. Go back to bed. Wake up, eat. If, did you wonder why did God give him, uh, sent an angel to feed him twice? The journey to that place was so exhausted that the first meal was for the journey which he came. He took good rest. And he gave him the second meal. Imagine when you are fed by an angel, 40 days sustenance. Not one day. We cannot go. If lunch is not served at 1 o'clock, after having breakfast at 9 o'clock, we will bring the house down, the pan will go flying, the remote of our hand will go. Then I remember my nephew during this vacation, food was not ready at one o'clock, he asked the wife, honey she said, yes baby come here sweetheart, where's your, uh, your telephone here honey, he took the telephone and broke it in front of her <laughs> she said, what are you doing he says, because from that time I have noticed you are talking on the phone it's one o'clock, no food And then she jokingly told him, Honey, you broke my phone. Why don't you break your own phone? He said, give it to me. And he broke that also. And I was looking at this and I said, Lord, what is happening here? Two phones broken. And then he got up. He said, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Went to the hotel, ate and came back home. You see? But God gave him a meal. He says, 40 days you will travel with this. He says, you will be sustained the problem is when your wife is cooking, learn to lay your hands on her and pray. God bless that food. You will have strength to go on the third meal. <laughs> Sometimes a good rest is needed for us when we are depressed, my brothers and sisters. You need rest. Many of us, when we are depressed, we keep awake the whole night. That will make you more depressed. Wives. If you find your husband depressed, angry, do what? I'll tell you a nice remedy. Take him, sit on the bed, put him on your lap, play with his hair, put him to bed. The man will go to sleep. If he doesn't have hair, rub his head at least. Put him to sleep. Let him sleep. Maybe when he gets up in the morning, you know, he'll be refreshed. And he will kiss you also. honey, thank you. I feel better. No, don't go do that right away, okay? My brothers and sisters, We as Christians, we have two types of gears. The natural and the supernatural. If you look very carefully, even though Elijah lived in the natural gear, but he was always operating in the supernatural gear for the three and a half years. Okay? We are supposed to do that. We spend too much time on the natural and we neglect the supernatural. But when Elijah heard The rumor, I'm going to kill you by this woman, from that supernatural of three years, he went into the natural gear, and when he went into the natural, he seed himself, and did not see his father, he did not see his God, that's what you lap into all of us, we are operating on the supernatural, and suddenly we hear something, immediately we turn away from the supernatural, we come to the natural, and we see that we are naked, didn't Peter see that? When he walked on the water, he was seeing the supernatural. He was, he was walking on the supernatural. He looked at the waves. His attention turned. He came to the natural gear. He sunk. That's what is happening to all of us. Even though we are, walking, we are living in the natural, but we should learn to activate in the supernatural all the time, knowing that if God is for me, who can be against me? Three things happened when Elijah went into the natural gear. Number one, he lost faith in himself. Number two, he lost faith in the others. Number three, he lost faith with his God. You see what happens to you when you operate in the natural? The natural doctor says, your wife finished. And you immediately come back to the natural and say, everything done call the uh, people who are getting ready for funeral, call everybody, let them come, she's going to die. You come and you settle down in the natural. You immediately change your gear. By his stripes, my wife will live. My husband will live. My father will live
2: by his stripes.
0: My brothers and sisters, I, I like very much about this passage. How God dealt with Elijah very gently. He was so gracious and gentle with Elijah. He did not come and scold Elijah. He didn't come and shout at him and say, I gave you anointing, I gave you this, I went with you. Nothing like that. He took care of his physical need. And then he restored him. That's the character you and I should have when a brother or sister is in error. We should have compassion upon them and then restore them to Learn to share your frustrations with God. We must learn to share our frustrations with God. In verse 9 and 10. Brother Rajiv, could you read that please? Verse 9 and 10.
2: And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 10. So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life.
0: In all this you find God allowed Elijah to talk, to let out the steam. In this passage you'll notice that God was not shocked at what Elijah was telling him. He never said, oops, I never knew that, Elijah. He allowed him to talk. Listen, when you are tight in a corner... The best person for you to talk is not Sister Mary or Sister Julie, but is to Father God. Go to Him. Instead of picking up the phone, go to your Father and start talking to Him. Our Father is ready to listen. He already knows what you're going through. And He's always willing to listen to you. God let Elijah get out of steam without criticizing or without condemning him. Notice, I want you to know something. Put that, sister. I want you to notice the build up, uh, emotion that Elijah had. In verse 3, yes, sister. In verse 3, you will find that, you will find fear in verse 3. In verse 4, you will find resentment. In verse 4, you will find low self-esteem. You see the build up thing that is taking place in Elijah's life. In verse 10, you will find anger. And then you will find loneliness in verse 10. And then last you will find worried that he is going to be killed. Now, when you take fear, you take resentment, you take low self-esteem, you take anger, you take loneliness, and you take anxiousness. When you summarize all this, what it leads to? Depression. Look at these verses. When you put all of them together... A prime candidate for depression. And this is what happens to us when we stop acting in the supernatural and launch out to the natural. God let Elijah get everything out. That is sometimes what we need to do in the presence of God. Many of us run to counselors and we say, I'm going to a counselor, maybe he can help me. You know what the counselor does? He does this first thing. he says, buddy, brother, why don't you sleep on this couch? close your eyes, now talk to me. That's what God did to Elijah. Gave him rest and allowed him to talk. And this counselor takes all your money by doing that. Why can't you come to the, to the man of God to a pastor and say, Pastor, I'm having this problem. He will listen. Oh, if you feel that you don't want to tell the pastor, it's okay. Go to your father. You don't leave that. You leave and go to someone else. God showed Elijah where he was wrong. But very gently. Two times he asked Elijah. What was the thing he asked Elijah twice? What are you doing here? Where are you supposed to be? You are not. What are you doing here, Elijah? Very gentle, not with anger. Elijah now was started to keep record. We do that, you know. We do, we do a lot of records. Sister so-and-so never came this day. Sister so-and-so never brought cookies that day. Sister so-and-so came with the hairdo like this way. We keep record of everything. Elijah was keeping record. What was his record? He says, all prophets are dead. And third, second one, only I am left. Is that correct record? Wrong record. Sometimes we do that. We look at certain situations and we think it's different. I want to tell you, when you consider something as a failure, God says, that is a success for me. And when you see something as a success, God will say, no, that is a failure in my sight. Saul, when he thought that he's doing the offering, he thought, ah, I'm doing a good thing. God said, no, it's a failure. Rejected. My brothers and sisters, sometimes we make the same mistake. Man, on the day of the crucifixion, seen the cross, seen death, seen grave, and said, failure. Jesus was a failure. God looked at the cross, looked at death, looked at the grave, and he says, life amen that's the way our god works where you think as a failure god says yes that's failure i will turn it around and bring life to it elijah's calculation one column plus another column god i did one minus one i got zero god says, whoops i did one plus one i'm getting seven thousand elijah where's your calculation wrong what did elijah say i'm the only one left god says i got seven thousand hello That is our God. Amen? Don't the enemy whispers to you and says, you're alone. Your cell leader is not with you. Your pastor is not with you. Your wife also left you. You're alone. But you must say, shout and say, hello, God is with me. Who can be against me? Amen? But instead, we walk so depressed. Let me go to the next point. Number three, we need to get a fresh awareness of God's presence in our life. We need to get a fresh awareness of God in our life. I will not read it. If you look at verse 11 to 13, you will find there were three things. There was a powerful wind. There was an earthquake. There was a, jet, a fire. And the third, fourth one, a gentle whisper. I want you to take note so you can go home and see it. Three manifestations. God told Elijah, Elijah, I want to show you something. God said, go and stand there. And God did a tiny demonstration of his power. And the tiny demonstration, God showed him how mighty he was. But God didn't choose to speak to him in those three manifestations. Did God talk to him? No. But God spoke to him in that gentle voice. God uses manifestations sometimes to get our attention. If he wants to speak, he will speak. But he does those things just to get our attention. That's the reason sometimes a small rod, a wake-up, he just wants to get our attention. Because for the whole day you never said, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And suddenly one small tap, the car goes and slams like, oh Jesus. Oh, nothing. I hope, thank God nothing happened to me. He makes you call, oh Jesus. Because the whole day you never thought of him. So sometimes God gets our attention. God spoke to Elijah in that small voice. God is always in the spectacular. My brother says, my my Bible says, be still and know that I am God. If you're depressed, I want to suggest to you, get away with God's word. Get away with God's word. Allow God to speak to you. Allow him to love you. Allow him to pour himself upon you. Let him meet your need. Make yourself to know, to feel his presence. When was the last time you prayed and you felt the presence of God around you? I'm not going to go further. When was the last time you walked and you felt the presence? No, no. Sometimes you don't feel that. I want to ask you simple. When was the last time you were on your knees and you knew that God was there? You felt His presence and you know, yes, The Bible says, even if you do not feel it, I am still there with you. Amen? Even if you do not feel it. My brothers and sisters, my fourth point, let God give you a new purpose. Let God give you a new purpose. If you look at verse 15, God said, go back, go to the the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Azel king over Aram, also anoint Jehu king of Nimshi, king over Israel. Anoint Elisha, son of Saphat, from Abel Meloha to succeed you as prophet. God gave Elijah a new assignment. The quickest way for depression is not to lie in self-pity. Get yourself off self-pity and start meeting the needs of other people. Didn't Job do that? The moment Job prayed for his friends, his prayer was answered. God restored everything. God got three people to do the job for Elijah. Many preachers look, look down upon Elijah at this time. If you look carefully at this point, God got three people just to help Elijah to complete the work because God had a different purpose for him. If you look at Revelation chapter 4, quickly, can anybody have Revelation chapter 4? Read uh, eleven. Read verse 3 and 4. Revelation chapter 11, read 3 and 4. It says, and I will give power to the two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God. Where is Elisha, my brothers and sisters? He's in the presence of God. Amen? God has said, i have not done with you yet. I'm going to bring you back to complete the work for which you started. Amen? Give room for God to complete the purpose for which He started in your life and God will do great and mighty things in your life. Amen. My brothers and sisters, before we can close, I want you to bow your heads at this time, please. We are going to have a time of ministry. We want you to bow your heads. I want you to think very carefully. Some of you sometimes don't feel like you want to walk out of your bed also. Sometimes you you feel so depressed, you feel life is hopeless in you. Bow your heads, my brothers and sisters. I want you to examine yourself. God is going to deal with you today. Some of you feel like Elijah, you want to just get away. You want to get away. You just want to go away. You don't want to do anything. Some of you feel I cannot take it any more longer. My brothers and sisters, God says, I have come and I will give you rest. More important, you need Jesus in your life, my brothers and sisters. He is going to give you the power to overcome all your worries. He is going to strengthen you. You may be here today depressed because you feel guilty of your past sins. My brothers, you might feel guilty of your past mistakes. The Bible says that when we bring our sins to God, He removes them as far as the east is from the west. Amen? The good news is, today there is deliverance for you. As we sing this song, you are the Alpha and the Omega. I want you to take time and say, God, it's too long I have been walking in this depression. I have not come out of it. I have not come out of it. Help me today. rise to our feet, brothers. And O Maker, we worship You, O oh Lord. You are worthy to be praised. Yes. Lift up your hands you to the Lord. Uh, Yes, Lord God. I'm going to call pastor to pray. If you feel that you have been walking in depression sometime, one time you're on top, one time you're down, one time you feel okay and another time you feel it's not good, I want you to just lift your hands. I call Pastor Augustine to come. And Pastor is going to pray for you. Just stand wherever you are, lift your hands and say, Lord, I have felt like that many times. And I feel every time that I'm, I'm one day up, one day down, Lord God. Set me free. Give me strength. And I will not lean on my own understanding. I will acknowledge that you are with me. You will never leave me, nor forsake me. Let us pray. And the rest of the people who are not lifting hands, I want you to pray in the spirit.
2: Lift up your hands, brothers and sisters.
3: In Jesus' name we pray. Our God in heaven, we want to magnify your name. We want to give you praise because you are a God that is compassionate indeed. Lord, you have seen our conditions of depression. Lord, when we behold the hands that are up, Father, we know that this afternoon is a special afternoon. Because you have come down to deliver your people. And so, Lord, every hand that is raised up, at this point in time, Lord, we are praying that the power of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will touch them right now and take away every form of depression, every form of discouragement from their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the Bible says... That I give you peace, not as the world gives. That peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, we command right now, let it possess this world in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, the source of discouragement, the source of depression, the whispers of the devil. We cut off from their lives this moment in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as they leave this arena, Father, we pray... That the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon them. And the joy of heaven will saturate their lives. Lord, that they will not understand. Because the peace of God is beyond understanding. Lord, let it overflow upon them supernaturally. This afternoon, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are praying that these ones will come forth to give testimony. That suddenly joy came into their lives. And all that they were looking at, oh God, disappeared before them. Because, Lord, it is not circumstances or Satan or the devil that has the last say. You are the Alpha and you are the Omega. You are the one that has the last say. It is not over until you say it is over. And so, Lord, from this day I pray, may the hope of glory, the hope of glory come upon them in the name of Jesus Christ lord where hope has been lost oh god let your spirit fuel hope in the hearts of every one of them right now in the name of jesus lord the bible says your word is a light father i pray the word that has come this day let it be a light into their darkness in the name of jesus let every darkness around them flee in the name of jesus and right now i take authority in the name of jesus Every spirit of depression that comes around them to hang around them, I bind. And I cast into the abyss in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the fire of the Holy Ghost will surround them. From this moment henceforth, that every attack of evil, every attack of imagination, everything that will bring them down again, Father, I pray, the Holy Ghost will lift the standard on their behalf in the name of Jesus. Let your name be glorified. We command the spirit of joy to overtake them. Let the spirit of joy flow into their lives. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for every one of us that is here. Lord, we pray as we go through this year, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Lord, at our down sitting, you will lift us up. Father, when we are down, oh God, there will be lifting up. Father, we pray, oh God, we will climb and we will never go down. We will go up to the mountain of faith. We will not walk by our feeling. we will not walk by our sight. we will walk upon your unchanging word. And you have said you will not leave us, you will not forsake us. And so Lord, whether we understand the situations or not, Father, our declaration shall be God is with us. And none can stand against us. Father, we pray let that be our portion in the name of Jesus. We bless you and we worship you. We thank you for your servant you have used to minister today. Father, we pray you will minister unto him. Lord, your spirit will take him up to a higher ground. Blessed be your holy name. We thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord.